Hi, welcome back to The Curious Careerist. Today's guest is the kindest, most sweetest, most lovable preschool teacher that I have ever met. And I know that because she is my son's preschool teacher and she is just so sweet and wonderful to be around. I'm so happy that my son gets to enjoy her as his teacher. I hope you're excited because today she gave us great insight into what it's like to be a preschool teacher. So if you're a person who really likes a schedule or sometimes you like it to get a little messy, this just might be the job for you. There's just one additional requirement. You must absolutely love children. So keep listening and see if maybe this might be the next career for you. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to change your career? Or maybe you are in need of a career and have no idea which direction to go. You could also just be a little curious and wouldn't mind hearing personal insights into other people's jobs, how much money they make, or how much stress is associated with their position. Keep listening, subscribe, and turn on those notifications so you know when the next episode is ready for you. This is a Curious Careerist. Hi, Miss Adrian. Thank you so much for joining us today. Can you please give us a quick overview of your job? In a nutshell, basically what, um, what I do um, is I'm providing like developmental care and instruction for preschoolers from the age of, um, in my classroom, from the age of three years to five years. And what we're doing is we're helping these three to five years, five-year-olds um, develop and learn uh, based on age. And we're looking for certain developmental, you know, and learning skills. And we're looking for several, and we help to develop those. And but it's all play-based. There's no books, you know, nothing that you know they have to go do any kind of work out of. It's all play-based activities. So we're looking for like social emotional um, objectives, physical, um, their language, the cognitive, uh, literacy, math, science, and social studies. How about walk me through an average day at the daycare? Normally when they first come in, we just have them, uh, we allow them to just play and they get out whatever toys they want, you know, the manipulatives and they go to the different centers and they do that generally till about uh, 7.45. And then at 8 o'clock, we have breakfast. We have breakfast from 8 to 8.30. Uh, then depending on the classroom, either they go back to uh, free choice where they get to you know go play again, or they'll go outside, or we'll do um, like a circle time. And circle time is pretty much like the learning time where we kind of teach them stuff based on whatever our lesson is, like uh, one time I did a series on forces of nature, I called it. So I taught them about tsunamis and taught them about earthquakes, but it was all play. I taught them how to get up on the table if there's a tsunami, you know, so they just learned a lot that way. So after uh, circle time in our classroom, then we go outside and they we play outside for a while, uh, come back in, more free time, free choice, or we'll do some kind of art 
based on what we've talked about. So if we did tsunamis, we might put like blue paper out and say, hey, we talked about tsunamis today. Give them some crayons, give them some paper and see what they do. You don't necessarily say, hey, see if you can make a wave because it's all about what they, what is right for them. And if they do that, that's great. If they don't and they just scribble a bunch of blue lines or if they make a flower, that's fine. Um, and then after that, uh, by about 11, we have lunch. Uh, lunch is 11 to 11.30. And then from like 11.30 to 11.45, we transition to nap time. And um, that's the time when they, before the pandemic, they would brush their teeth. <laughs> but we don't do that anymore. No, none of that. So we brush, we brush teeth, uh, get their cots out, get their blankets out, get whatever they like to sleep with, have them go to the bathroom. Uh, and they sleep from about 12 to about 2 o'clock. Well, about 1.45. And then we get them up to snack, afternoon snack. And that's from about 2 to 2.15, 2 2.30. Uh, then we have free choice again after that. And they get to play with it and play whatever centers they want. But, and I don't think I said but we have a, a science center. We have a... Um, uh, art center, we have uh, blocks, you know, just different centers, housekeeping. They get to go whatever centers they want. And then about 3.30, they uh, go outside again because they're required to give them at least 45 minutes in the morning and 45 minutes in the afternoon of outside time. So we go, they go outside again in the afternoon about 3.30. And then they go over to, after that, they go over to uh, another classroom and they'll be over there and do free time until uh, the parents pick them up. Can your job be done remotely? The only thing that I could have done uh, remotely that, that is a possibility is uh, write up lesson plans, maybe for the future. You know, like say, oh, maybe, you know, I'll write up something because it's going to be the fall in October, so... Um, Maybe I'll write something, a lesson plan for the week for during harvest time. But the thing about doing that type of thing is what we write our lesson plans are based on the observations. If you have a child or maybe you have three or four kids in the classroom and they spend all week um, playing with the dinosaurs, we're going to say, oh, okay, we observed that they really were into dinosaurs, several of the children. So we're going to do a dinosaur lesson plan next week. So all of our lesson plans are based on the observations that we see in the children for the previous week. So if I if we write up a lesson plan um, on our own, you know, it's it's okay, but it's not really based on what we've observed the children doing. So Got you, it. yeah, you really can't do anything uh, remotely that I can think of because um, everything is observation of the children and, you know, writing lesson plans and instruction. Do you like your job? I absolutely love my job. I absolutely love it. I, I really, I, I taught in elementary school for many years. And uh, when I got this job five years ago, uh, somebody said, you know, because uh, I, I was at working at a private school, I was instructing at a private school, and uh, things happened. The school closed down after 25 years, and somebody said, you know, you ought to, you know, think about maybe working with smaller kids, because I taught like third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, 
And I said, oh, okay. So I applied. I was fortunate enough to get it, the, the position as a preschool teacher. And um, I have to tell you, love it, love it, love it. But it is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. You have to really be able to relate to a child and that's and uh, you know that's that's not always really easy people just to be on their level and to try to in your mind understand you know I'm I'm talking to a three-year-old this isn't like a nine or ten year old child you know person this is like a little this is a little 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 person they don't mm-hmm. understand you know a lot of what you're saying they don't they don't really get that you know they're just all about themselves and their surroundings, what they're all about, and what's good for them, and what's going to make them happy. And then you also have, um, because they're young, there's a lot of uh, challenges as far as um, behavior, and throwing things, and, you know, temper tantrums, and that type of thing. So, you know, because again, they're they're self-centered. And so if they don't get their way with a, you know, third grader, okay, well, you know, I'm going to have to you know, maybe we'll have to put you here until you, you calm down. But a, a little three-year-old, you just don't tell them. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you over. You're gonna stay right there until you. No, no, they're right back down there on the floor and screaming and hollering. And you just have to really be patient and really, really relate to them. So I think that's what makes it more difficult. Is just the age, uh, the age difference. Is your job rewarding? As hard as my job is, it, I think it's like I couldn't ask for a more rewarding job. And it, I loved teaching elementary school, uh, but this job in the five years I've done it is the most rewarding job I've ever had. Oh, that is so sweet. Uh, it's just for me, it's not, it's, it's because you can't look at, for me, I don't look at it as a job per se. I look at it as I'm going to go see my kids. And what are my kids doing, you know, today? I'm thinking about them like at night, you know, I hope they had a good night. I hope everything worked. You know, I hope they're okay. They had a bad day today. So I hope they're all better tomorrow. So you don't ever go home. You don't ever just cut it off and say, okay, my, it's done. You know, you do, you, you take a lot home with you because you care, you know, you should, at least you should really care about this it's a lot of reward in it you know when you have a challenging child and you know one day they just come and say I love you or they come and say I want to sit next to you or um, any of those things you know that there's no there's no better reward than having a child you know care about you and show that they care about you I, I just think it's it's amazing it's wonderful what does a bad day look like I think that's probably different for everybody, but for me personally, I think a bad day would probably be um, not being able to uh, fulfill a need. Um, If somebody, if a child is having a really tough day and they come in sad or they come in angry and, and I can't figure it out, you know, and I can't help them, that's a bad day for me because you want your, you're there for that day and that time that you are there with them. 
you are their, you know, guidance counselor, their psychologist, you know, their mom, their, their teacher, all of those things. And if a child is feeling sad or upset or angry or frustrated, you can't help them and they go home that day uh, upset or frustrated or mad or angry and I wasn't able to help them or alleviate some of that or make them feel better, that's a bad day for me. With all the listeners out there who are interested in a job, either teaching small children or working in a daycare, can you please give us the characteristics that are a must-have to be as good as a daycare teacher as you? Wow. I would say you really need to have, you you need to love kids. I think that's like the number one. You have to have a love for children. Um, and then uh, patience, uh, endurance, stamina, you're doing a lot of running around. Uh, you have to be really reliable. Um, I think you need to be uh, supportive. You have to have that characteristic, you know, that you want to be supportive uh, and responsible. But if I, somebody would say, well, what's the number one thing? I would say you, you have to love and care about kids because they're in your care and they're your responsibility and they're little treasures. So you have to take that seriously. You know, you can't just go in and say, I'm just going to have this job for, you know, from seven to three and I'm just going to, you know, watch these kids. Cause it's not, it's not daycare and it's not babysitting. It's child development. And does your salary provide enough money to be comfortable and can you provide us a number? I can tell you this, that um, I think, okay, well, teachers, you know, they say as a whole, don't make a lot of money. And I would say preschool teachers are way down, down at the bottom of the, the level there. It probably, when you get into um, administrative, maybe, you know, the level, it's probably, probably better, but, uh, Say um, for in in our in our where we where we currently are, if you um, like don't have a degree and you're just starting, it's uh, about fifteen. No, maybe I think like fourteen dollars an hour, maybe. And then I think it, it goes it goes up for the up from there, but it doesn't go it doesn't go to um, twenty dollars an hour. So it's it's within that range. Okay. So I would say that basically, um, at least all the people that I know that, that um, I work with, probably they have either, it's like a second, you know, job, um, but there's a primary, you know, provider, uh, or if it's a single person, they, they have a roommate. It, I don't think it's a salary that you would, you know, be able to pretty much live on your own, especially with uh, the way the costs are in San Diego. But that being said, um, I think that if you are going to go into this and this is what you want to do, you don't, you can't go into it thinking about that salary. You can't, you have to go into it thinking, well, I'm not probably not going to make, 
you know, a lot of money on this because this is not a profession where you will. So you go, this is, this is one of those professions you go into it because you, you love what you do as opposed to, I want to make a lot of money. Miss Adrian, it has been a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope this year goes very smoothly for you and gets back to normal. I mean, who knows how long it's going to take, but take care and please keep being that awesome daycare teacher that all of our little kids so badly need. If there is one thing that I learned from talking to Miss Adrian, it is that she's a silent hero. While children's parents are at work, she makes it her responsibility to make sure each and every child is cared for with real love and patience. I've seen her in action and I often have tried to emulate her kind patience and I have yet to be successful. So my heart goes out to all the teachers out there taking care of all our children while we are at work. Thank you for all you do. If this is a job you're interested in, I hope this episode has helped you solidify your decision or maybe help you course correct. In my future episodes, I hope to have an elementary and high school teacher so we can learn about their different perspectives. Well, that's all that we have for this week. Come back next week and you will hear about a Midwestern massage therapist with 10 years of experience. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this story, please join us again and leave us a review or like, subscribe, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and on Pinterest. You can email us anytime with feedback or suggestions at thecuriouscareerist at gmail.com. This is The Curious Careerist.